that's been listening to our um, our podcast, nice. and uh, she uh, she found she got one of our Fourth of July flyers, and she came to Fourth of July. Nice. And uh, she actually asked if we would talk about Axe. Let's do it. Yeah, well, that seems like the obvious thing to do then. Let's do it. So I'm I mean, down the for the hardware or the book? <laughs> oh, my Lord, Jay. Sorry, yeah. I'm here for comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jay. All right. Well, I, how about I just go ahead and read the whole first? Let, let's do chapters. Let's read the whole book right now. You want to do a paragraph? You want to do no, chapter? No, let's do chapter by chapters. Unless the chapter obviously overlaps, then we should, uh, you know take that into account but i'll just go ahead and read the whole chapter and we'll just start based on how it hits us does that sound good guys sounds good to me okay all right let's do it we're rolling already copy that let's roll all mm-hmm. right acts chapter one the former treaties have i made O theophilus of all that jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the holy ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they were, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again to the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. (coughs) Excuse me. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, and they went up into the upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus with his brethren. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about an hundred and twenty, Men and brother, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us, and had obtained part of his ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. Mm. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, Acheldama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justus and Matthias. Matthias. Matthias? Matthias. 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 
Okay. Maybe. <laughs> and they prayed and said, <clears throat> Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of his ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. <clears throat> and they gave forth their lots. Here we go. And the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Okay. What? So yeah. there is a lot yeah. to discuss in this chapter. There's a lot, yeah. he says. Oh, my goodness. What we, a pun. Yeah. Oh, my word. You should need to be punished for that. You need to be punished. A lot. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize I did it. You said a lot. I'm not even going to add to that part of the I didn't intentionally do that. I just got what he was saying. <laughs> There's a lot to there throw here. Okay. There's a lot to cast. Here's the thing. Say. Fine, cast, right? <laughs> I have so many questions about Matthias. Not even joking. So I... Ah, there's just so much. Okay. So much. Let's do it. So first off, chapter one. You know the first thing I noticed? The Holy Spirit written all over this thing. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Every bit, every bit of this has got... Um, Talking about receiving the Holy Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's covered with the Holy Spirit. We can start there. Covered from beginning to end. And one of the things that I wrote down here while we were talking is that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives insight Mm -hmm. into things. And the concept here and here is is I, I kind of focused in on Judas. And what we consider to be prophecy of necessary evil. Okay, here we go. Jay, <laughs> yeah. you and I, man, we're rocking the same frequency, I think, right now. Okay, let, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and start with, you know, we have prophecy of good, but there is necessarily prophecy of evil as well. Starting from that man was ordained to sin before creation. I mean, we have free will. Ooh. But we know that we were going to sin. Mm. God knew that. Jay's opened up cans, man. Ah, throw them at me. Um, but then also that it has been ordained from the coming of Christ that there will be necessary antichrist. So past and future. So Peter, they talked about the prophecy that necessitated Judas. Now, whether it's chicken or egg or egg or chicken, we don't know. Going back to chickens, of course. <laughs> from the last one but in this case it's funny it, it, it just popped out to me that there's prophecy there's always good there's always there's also prophecy of necessary evil so plus let's talk about this for a minute has there ever been a prophecy excluding Jesus and John about any other person this prophecy is pulled from song and it's talking specifically about Judas mm-hmm. has that ever happened about any other man other than John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Every other prophecy, almost exclusively Jesus, but John was added in there. Um, in uh, what? Where, where was John prophesied? Um, uh, I just read that the other day. I can tell you. I'm right. not even sure what book. <clears throat> I can tell you right now. A, a likely guess is Isaiah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a pretty egg, egg, yeah in the like wilderness. <laughs> actually, that's probably it. Actually, yeah. Okay, it probably is Isaiah. That makes sense. Okay, and then we have just this random psalm, this random single verse yeah, of Isaiah. psalm, where it's where they actually are so convinced that it's speaking about Judas that the author of Acts decided to put it in the very first chapter of Acts. Mm-hmm. Right. We got to think about the timeline of this too. So where are we at right now? We're right at the end. He's been crucified. He's ascending in this chapter, right? Is this the ascending chapter or did he ascend to John? Yeah. But here's something that pops out for me. In the, and maybe we'll stick with this for this episode. There's something that Jesus asks them to do in the first paragraph. And it's wait for the promise of the Father. Mm. Waiting for the promise of the Father. Amen. To me, that's interesting. So we know who the promise is. That's the Holy Spirit. Right? In Ephesians, it calls him that says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And Jesus promised the Spirit when he said that he was going to go, but don't worry, I'm going to send the Comforter. That's that's the Holy Spirit. So he's been promised us to it. You know what? The first thing that I thought of when I read that was that there's nothing that you and I can do uh, without having the spirit. Right. No, absolutely. We, we need the Holy spirit. Okay. Actually, let me, let me put a quick, quick, hit me. Come on. Okay. But ye shall receive power after that. The Holy ghost has come upon you. Yeah. So you need just an asterisk. You need the Holy spirit to have power. Are we sure? Because it says, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit is coming. Mm, but is it saying, okay, <coughs> after you after receive the Holy Spirit. the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah, you receive the Holy Spirit, then you get the power. Okay. Because you can't do anything effectively on your it's, own. It's, it seems to me that grammatically it it is confirming that the Holy Spirit is what's giving them the power. Fantastic. All right, and that's backed up countless times in other portions of Scripture we can agree on. There we go. So, hmm. um, right, take that, charismatics. <laughs> <laughs> the art of the King James. I would say that um, I think it's. I think we can make a pretty good argument that there is nothing good that is done without the Holy Spirit. There's nothing effectively done either. So, when I say good, what I mean is not necessarily good. I mean what is heavenly of heavenly utility. Okay. I don't think anything can be done of heavenly utility without the working of the Holy Spirit. And I would back that up by saying with a verse that says the for the plowing plowing of the wicked is sin. Mm-hmm. Right? So even the good work that people do without the Holy Spirit is still sin. Is still wrong. Absolutely. Right. That's something that troubled me for a very long time. Because when it says in Mark 10, I believe it's 10, what is it? 8 um, where it says, no, Mark 10. No, I'm looking at it right now. 10, 18. That's it. Okay. Um, why callest me, thou me good? There is no good but mm. one that is God. That, that troubled me for a long time because we understand Jesus as good, mm-hmm. right? And it came, I had to recognize that what we describe as earthly good, because there are lost people 
mm-hmm. that love their children. That is right. exactly right. Yeah. There are lost people that do good things on earth. Right. Of of great utility to a lot of people. Right. Right. <clears throat> but it's still sin. Heavenly. No utility. Of no heavenly utility whatsoever. That's why we cannot understand the mind of God. Right. Exactly. Right, here, right, right. on this earth, <coughs> even things that we do that are good to other people on this earth, or quote, unquote, even though it always ends up bad, uh, joke intended, uh, you know, for the greater good, mm-hmm. is ends up being bad almost yes, sir. every single yes, sir. time. Yeah. Because what we consider good is not what we, God considers good. That is exactly but, right. Yeah. And take that workspace salvation. <laughs> <laughs> it works, yeah. No, you're exactly right about that. Um, I, I think that people get very easily confused about um, them being good enough to get into heaven because they weren't a bad person and not realizing that, no, 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 everybody's bad in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not just like exclusively okay because you don't do as many bad things as right. a person. <clears throat> Plus there's another side of that thing. People want to justify their own works to other people. Well, you don't get to justify your works to God. Right? You know, God God is perfect. He is the standard. He is the standard, a standard that you will never, ever reach. Mm-mm. And the here's raccoon, a, the raccoon from the last episode is not going to equivocate before me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. There was, oh, man, I forgot the other point Sorry, I was trying to make. I apologize. Well, I can tell you um, why Adam get, regains his thoughts on this. You know, speaking of doing works, right? You know, it's mind-boggling to me, and I've been guilty of this, too, you know, of not... I know what he's saying here in the context, right, of waiting for the Spirit. They Everything's been done now in order to continue what they're doing. They need the Spirit. But even having the Spirit now, you and I having the Spirit now, there have been times where I have not waited on that Spirit. I have made the choice to do it on my own instead of waiting for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You pray something, right? You pray it and say, all right, God, you, I need you to do something. I need you to do this. I need you to show me the direction. But then you already get up and make the decision without waiting at all. I found my point. Hit it. Okay. Remember when Pastor was talking about earlier today? He's been on this thing on these Psalm Sundays talking about how we shouldn't be surprised when the world does evil things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the world does wicked things. Right. Well, the plowing of the wicked is sin. Why do believers get so bent out of shape over the wickedness of unbelievers? There is nothing that they can do that is good. That's nothing. True. That's true. Even the good things that they do are evil. I mean, we want to stand by and, be, and praise unbelievers for doing some things. That are, for instance, um, Catholics, what I'm saying, all Catholics are unbelievers. But, you know, based on their doctrine, there's a good chance that a lot of them are unbelievers. Um they stand up strong against abortion, mm-hmm. stronger yeah. than a lot of other Christian denominations, if you will, or other yeah. religions. I don't consider yes. them necessarily a Christian denomination. Mm-hmm. They stand strong against abortion. But why are we pretending like they can do good? There, if, you're an, idols out of men. if you're a sinner, if you are an unbeliever, we're, I'm not going to sit here and get bent out of shape about all of the evil things that you do. There's nothing that you do that is good in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. The only reason I do anything good is because of the Holy Spirit. That's right. I am just as evil as every other person walking the face of this planet without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit that makes me able to do any good at all. Right. You're right. And because I have the Holy Spirit, guess what? My plowing is not sin. Yeah. 
So let's talk about this then. What does the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do for you? Okay, so now with this passage, we have, we've waited for him, we've got him, we've received him. Then at the end it says that John, as John for truly baptized with water, he should be baptized with the Holy Holy Ghost. Uh, so the same idea, being immersed with water, you're being immersed with the Holy Spirit. So you've been immersed with the Holy Spirit. Now what does he do for you? That's an amazing question. That's a loaded. And I, I think that history teaches us what the Holy Spirit does. The book so, of Acts does. <laughs> yes, it does. And, It'll be fun. But also historically what the presence of God on earth has been, it's always been a little bit different each time, mm-hmm. but the goal has always been the same. And here's the main thing that the presence of, of, of God on earth has done mm-hmm. is shown us what he wants from us. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, Adam could walk with God in his actual presence, and then it turned into just speaking with God, and then it turned into um, let's see here, Adam. Adam, There was Abraham; he was still speaking with God with Abraham, and then Moses; he was still speaking with God. After Moses, we turned into having the law, and we had um, judges. The judges. You're right about that. So God would speak to judges, and then it turned into prophets. God speaks to the prophets. Prophets speak to the people, and we had the priests also. In kind of a way, although the priests really weren't priests necessarily speaking to God, they were just sort of doing his bidding. Um, yeah, they were doing the um, the example of of they were acting out the ritual. Thank you, acting out the ritual of forgiveness, mm-hmm. of sacrifice, really, mm-hmm. rather than forgiveness. <clears throat> so, with all of these things, we know God's goal in having His presence on earth is to speak to His people. Yes. That, I believe, is the position of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the problem. The Holy Spirit has a tool to speak to us through. Right. And a lot of people like to pretend that they can be spoken to without said tool. Mm -hmm. I would caution you heavily to not be so sure of that. And what is that tool, Adam? That tool is... Is the Word of God great? It's the Bible, then I can say this: receptors. the Holy Spirit will never contradict what the God, Word of God says. Ever. That's so, if something happen. inside your Bible or inside you is telling you that you don't need to follow this, even though the Bible says it, that's not the Spirit that telling you that. That is not the Spirit of God. That is your own feelings. Yep. Ooh. Do not convict. Uh, do not confuse well, the two of them. That's blaspheming that, the Holy Ghost. Not only that, but. Um, conversation then is to there are individuals in this world I was actually just talking about this one with my wife there are individuals in this world that are convinced that they are speaking to good angels mm-hmm. oh Jay oh here we go them in, in <laughs> right ways and oh, me and my Jay. wife talking about how there are angels that masquerade you know, as angels of a hundred percent. And so you also have to be careful that you're speaking when you're when you're having that self dialogue inside yourself. You have to be careful that you're speaking. If you're Christian, you're speaking with the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's why it says to test the spirits. Right, is to test. Who you're talking to? But see, Let's here's talk the thing. about a test then. I, I don't know what to. But the, this, but we can't pass up this opportunity. Let's give the test. All right. Here's the test. If they're offering you to be more powerful, that is not the Holy right. Spirit. The Holy right. Spirit has no interest in us being powerful. The Holy Spirit does not need us to be powerful. Right. All of our power comes from God. There's we no have none. We need none. Mm-hmm. Right. All of our power comes from Him. But the allure of worldly evil. Um, satanic spirits is that they will make you more powerful. 
That's the test right there. Mm. Yep. Uh, more powerful on this plane. Absolutely. Because right. you'll never increase in power before God because God's the one who gain, gives power mm. in and that plane. Do not be fooled by it either. You will not gain real power. <laughs> no, you won't. No, you won't. You will only gain chains. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're a puppet at that point. Yes, sir. Yeah. You got something sticking its hand up you. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, so here's one thing that I know the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit shows the genuineness of your salvation. And to so, others or to yourself? I was going to say. Maybe both. Does the Holy Spirit confirm that you and I are brothers to me? Does he? I'm going to call out Jay in front of everybody. I mean, Jeremy, sorry. You guys have the same name. All right. Don't look at me like that. Does he? I don't know. I don't either. I do know he confirms it for myself. Absolutely. He confirms me for myself too. And he confirms it to God. I would say that cautiously, I would say. Okay. I think I, okay. You could judge them by their fruits. The Holy Spirit produces... The, the fruits of the spirit. spirit. Well, let's let's. Just but we've said before that you can't really. T- I don't know. Well, let's just. That's a good question. Joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, the, faith. The battleground has already been decided, right? We are in a war, gentlemen. right? We already know that if you are not of God, mm-hmm. you are of the devil. Yeah. Right. So we each carry a flag insignia mm-hmm. on our shoulder. That if we don't physically recognize it, we still spiritually recognize it. So I would I would go I would go against I would go against Adam on this one surprising th- that it is and I say think we to, do carry a spiritual signature that identifies us as combatants. I so I can put, domestic. I can put an American flag on my shoulder mm-hmm. all day long. Sure. That does not mean that the ideals of what America was founded on is something that I agree with. I'm just Okay, okay I get you on that but, one too. So there Touche. Touche. So there is I see both, okay? And the only reason I see both is because we, um, the, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the sealing, if you look at the Greek term, it's it's um, it's a stamp. That's what it means. It means a stamp. Uh, specifically with uh, a signet ring or a branding mark. And so... I think it does show others. There are tares and there are wheat. And guess what? They are indistinguishable for us. It's so, so much so that Jesus himself declares that we are not to try to separate tares from wheat. Pastor even said it today. It is going to be his job exclusively to separate tares and wheat. Mm-hmm. It is not ours. So the thing is, is that in our congregation here today, there is a percentage of them that are not true believers. Yeah. But they're wearing the they're insignia. Wearing, they wear the flag. That's You're exactly right. right. They show up to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. They they say the Christian things. They do the Christian things. They, they say amen. But in their heart, they never knew God. They're tares. Hmm. So, Man. about so the Holy Spirit. So then who is the stamp for? Yourself. I do believe that part. But I believe, based on experience alone, Mm-hmm. That in communication with a brother, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit inside me can jump like John did in Elizabeth's womb. Yeah. And you can feel as though this person is a real brother. I've experienced this and it is quite rare. So 
then he sh- then he shows the genuineness of salvation to yourself by um, confirming it. Well, when you're talking with your you. brother, you always end up talking about something about God. You, it's it's inevitable. It's inevitable because the, the the thing that's most important to you is God, right? Mm. So you're going to end up talking about it, and then the other person will jump in too. And I, and I often am skeptical of persons that I've known for decade, yeah, and I've never spoken to them about the things of God. That's I'm true. often skeptical of these right. people. That's true. Like, how is it that I've known you for this long and I've had this many conversations with you and we've never spoken about God? Yeah, Anna and I went out with um, with a, a friend the other night and um, she went and talked to uh, our friend's wife and I went and talked to the other friend and um, she goes, she goes, well, what y'all talk about? And I told her, I said, well, I said, we just talked about the Bible and some other things. She goes, she goes, I feel like that's what you guys talk about all the time. It's like, we just can't help it. That's you know, that's what we do. That's what we like talking about. We're supposed to edify the brethren, right? And right. so we're constantly doing that anyway, because we're brothers in arms. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly edifying each other. It's a natural human instinct. If it's not a natural instinct for you, you may not be in the right camp. Yeah. But when it comes down to the conversation, what is edifying? Mm-hmm. Things about God. So there's a logical progression of events there. And I'm thinking about too, you know, the so the genuineness, like sh- giving you that assurance. That's what the spirit does; gives you the insurance. Like I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like if I didn't know, like in my mind, I'd be going crazy right now if I didn't have that assurance. Oh yeah. Like I'm thinking about it. Like, what I am I or am I not? You know, type deal. So that's one thing I guess he does provide. That's what the sealing provides is assurance. Yeah, the seal for me has always been his a, a, a combination of his movement and chastisement mm-hmm. when God chastises that's me, true he won't chastise that a son seals me that tells me okay God loves me God cares about me I am his yeah. he only chastises the son in whom he delighted nobody else mm-hmm. and when I see somebody going about and living wickedly and are not experiencing chastisement well I feel scared for that person yeah because i know that that if i start ignoring the truths of the word of god and start living the way that i want to live my flesh wants to live my spirit god the holy spirit inside of me will correct that Mm -hmm. and it will correct it in varying degrees of just hey knock it off adam yeah to hey hey knock it off to all right let's go ahead and throw something your way that'll get your attention yeah that to me is comfort yeah, because that means he loves me, he cares about me, and he's not just like I'm not going to let my child run out and hurt himself or herself. You know, if there's a snake out in the grass, and I know that I'm not going to let my child out of the house to go hang out with that snake. Right. I'm going to protect them because they're mine. And yeah, they want to go outside and they want to play because that's what they want to do with their kids. Mm-hmm. But I, as a parent, love them, and I'm going to prevent them from doing that. That is comfort. Yeah. That is security. That's sealing. Mm. I like that. That's good. So assurance gives you assurance, seals you by chastisement, right? Because that's another good point. God doesn't chastise a son that's not his. And so then then the next one is uh, I want to elaborate a little more on the security part, like the securing of salvation, because you you can't lose it. You can't lose your salvation, right? We all agree on that? Yes. We're all yep. once saved, always saved yep. people. Agree. And so... Yep. You know, also, I'm going to throw in Ephesians in there. That's okay with you guys. So Ephesians not only says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, but he is the earnest of our inheritance. 
And so the earnest is a pledge. It's it's a down payment. So if Adam and I are striking up a deal and I'm going to buy property from Adam, okay, and let's say we are, right? Six square feet. That's fine. And so he gets to vote now. He's I, a landowner. Oh, wait, he's work that way anyway. yeah. I bring my money to Adam. We have this contract. I sign the contract, give Adam the money. The money signifies that there's more to come at closing. That's just the down it's payment. It's a guarantee. It's okay. a guarantee, right? So if I don't show up, if I show up, if I don't show up for closing day, Adam not only gets to keep the property, but he also gets to keep the money as well. Right. So if God doesn't show up later to rapture us, to take us out, or bring it, bring us to him, he loses the Holy Spirit Wait, at that point. That's not even an if, though. I think that we're taking this analogy and applying it to something that is not even remotely possible. I know it's not possible. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. He, that's the security aspect. So if, if, if he... Gay, if he chose not to get us, or he chose not to come back to bring us into heaven, he would give up the Holy Spirit. He would, he would lose that down payment. So in order for you to lose your salvation, to you lose that security, he would have to stop being God completely. Yeah, I think that's the reason the analogy loses me is because it is so it's impossible his nature that I can't even like fathom it. Even. But happening. you're talking about want to try to disprove once saved, always saved. That's the perfect example right yeah. there. Well, oh, think, so like basically yeah. the impossibility of God doing that is how impossible it is that you would lose your salvation. Exactly. That's the security. I'm uh, picking up what you're throwing down. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Because you, we, you all, all three of us know he can't lose the Holy Spirit. It's not happening. It's not, it's not possible. Well, Never. Not only that, but I mean, God cannot be a liar. So if you're saved through faith, mm-hmm. not of works, so that no man can boast. Yeah. You make God a liar. If so believe, that if you believe that you can lose that, it, because uh, it's not, not it, you didn't get it by your actions, you're not going to lose it by your actions. Right, your actions ain't got nothing. If you to do have with faith it. that you're saved, that pledge Jesus shows. Christ. That pledge shows first off that you are secure, that you are His. Yep. It shows you that there is more to come. Yeah, and um, and there is the inheritance waiting. Mm-hmm. I think this is the reason why Romans is so important, though. Because people get when when it comes to eternal security, they might get lackadaisical about it. Yes, and and Paul was adamant about God forbid mm-hmm. that you should allow this to be a season to sin. Yeah, God yeah. but you know what's you funny? Would abuse His grace. Yeah. That that is that is abhorrent to they him. They were so secure in their, their salvation. They were like, okay, we can do whatever we want. But Absolutely here's not. here's the funny part too: is like there's just too many people that believe that you can lose your salvation. It's ridiculous. What was my mind? Well, no, but this, but but it shouldn't. And here's the reason it shouldn't. It is in your nature to believe that. It is in order. So we talked about why do people, men, believe that they have to work to get salvation? And we talked about how from our very origination we were created to work. Right. We were created to do something. To and destiny. the doing of things gives us value. Well, we talk about um, men having no value when they're born. Or when they're when they become a man, they have no value at all, and a woman has all the value she's ever going to have when she becomes a grown woman, right? So a man has to earn every single thing he gets along the way. Well, how come it's so shocking that you have to convince him that he has to earn salvation too? Why is it so shocking that you have to convince him? Okay, well, you have to earn the security as well. It's not. 
It's in our very nature to feel as though we have to earn it. You didn't get your house by accident. Nobody showed up and said, hey, Jay, by my grace, you get to have this house and it's nothing of you. I wish. That did not happen. But it's funny, too. It's like salvation, though. Most people who believe that you can lose your salvation, those are the people that believe you have to work to gain it. That's exactly they t- right. They go hand in hand together. Yeah, they do go hand in hand. Because if you lose works, it, man. Yeah. You if you lose it, you're saying that Christ's sacrifice was not sufficient enough. Exactly so you right. need to provide another way to get that. Exactly. It's all about working. Mm-hmm. It's about I deserve it because I've done this and I've done that. That's yeah. n- that's never how God has had his plan for us. Yeah. God created us to work and to do and we do that. We then, work. We make things. We what's earn funny, things. Right. But that's not. We're never going to earn him. What's yeah. funny too is that's what Satan wants us to do too. Right. Yeah. Because that's what he tempted Eve with. Hey, if you do this, you know, you'll you'll become like God. When people try to work for their their salvation, that's what they're doing. Trying to be. They're trying like to become like God. Ooh. You know, Man. his yoke is light. Mm-hmm. The Lord's yoke is light. Yes, sir, it is. You're not working as hard as you had to. That's funny. I that just that's you funny. know I I've thought about that too because my flesh convinces me often that his yoke is heavier. It is constantly trying to convince me that that is the case. But you know what I'll do? I'll just put off his yoke and I'll put on the world's yoke. Oh. I'll do what I like to do mm. because I because I'm being lied to and told that it's my heart lies to me yeah, and does. tells me that it's easier. Who is? I'll put it. on that yoke and guess what? After a week of carrying that, I can't move. Yeah, I can't think. That's I can't good. do anything. I literally cannot think. That's good. My we, mind does not consider things like it should. I know we've all had that thought, but I the strength that these lost show in their lives to live on a daily basis is beyond Mm -hmm. me. I can't do it. (laughs) To live without Christ, like these people, (coughs) is just unfathomable. Like these people going through these struggles on a day-to-day basis without Christ, just living and being slaughtered by Satan every day. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them don't even know it. Some of them don't even know it. They just keep doing it. I'm like, how are you alive? How are you doing this? Yeah, and we—that's why we see so many fall into abject despair, mm. poverty of the spirit, mm-hmm. uh, just or pride as a crutch, some sort of problem, or—and this is often the case—desperation for affirmation. Mm. Sure, that right there is something that we we don't have to be desperate for it, right. because our Father. In heaven, fills every single void that we have. Mm -hmm. Every single um, insecurity that we have can be fixed by Him and is if we allow Him to. That's the Holy Spirit. Human beings without Christ, without the Holy Spirit, they are desperate for somebody to tell them what they're doing is good. They're desperate for somebody to tell them what they're doing is okay. That's true. But the only way that that can happen is through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the only way. And that desperation for affirmation drives them to a greater evil than they can possibly even imagine when they started on that road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, because they get beaten wife syndrome. They keep getting beaten, but it's some sort of affirmation to them. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Man. Not my goodness. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't got none, Jay. No, that's not true because you have Praise the Holy Lord. Spirit. Your righteousness is filthy rags, man. Yes, sir. 
But, <laughs> man, this this got and I didn't even get to talk about what I wanted to talk about, which is the casting of lots. So I know. Know, we just kind of went well. Off. Chapter this chapter's got so much, so we we'll get to it. That was, um, that was awesome. I'm glad we talked about this because I gotta tell you guys, I uh, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. Like I don't think I like know we should be what I should him, know. We? Yeah, and and a part of it is because because you don't want to tread on the side of blasphemy. Maybe that's the fear that I have, right? I don't want to say the wrong thing about the spirit because I don't want to blaspheme him. And, um, and so that's the unforgivable sin, by the way. But, uh, which, uh, I'm not going to say it. It's a whole discussion on its own differently, but we're going to have that discussion. We really should actually, if we're going to do the act, talk about acts, we should talk about blaspheming the Holy ghost. Yeah. We're going to have that discussion. Um, but for right now, we're going to cut it off here. Um, yeah. So until next time, dear listener, we appreciate your patronage and appreciate your comments or, or thought processes. Obviously, this discussion got started from a dear listener of our show. Mm-hmm. And That's we right. appreciate that. And and this is what we've been striving to get is that feedback, right? Because we can have a one-way system. Old communication is a one-way system where we just throw things into the void. But in today's marketplace of ideas and economy, um, it's useful and beneficial to have our listeners comment on what you're interested in. And so we're going to be catering towards that here because it's something that we're good to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's always a topic that if you're interested in it, we're interested in it too. Yeah. Because we're all in this journey here right now in this, in this concept talking just about things that matter to both you and us. So thank you for listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, and we'll reconnect with you next time.